You're listening to Thursday Mornings with Alex and Don. T-Mad. Don is a pastor with 38 years experience. And Alex is just as curious as you. We look at the most important and interesting questions about the Bible and Christian faith. So let's talk about it. Pastor Don. Good morning, Alex. How are you doing? Really good. Good. Middle harvest still. Middle of harvest. Oh, my. Yeah, for us it is. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately. Yeah, it seems like everything broke. Oh. After we blessed it? After we blessed it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you did something wrong or something, but like just every day something else. It was like there was gremlins on the farm that came out at night and just started tearing stuff apart. Oh. Yeah. Maybe there are. I told (laughs) Charlie. There might be. I told Charlie that, and and, uh, for like two weeks straight, he was talking about that's what he wanted for his uh, bedtime story. Gremlins. Gremlins. Let's really? find, let's kill the gremlins on the farm. Okay. They're in the combine this time. Okay. And what if we have a robot that helps us kill them? Okay. But he's a bad robot. Okay. Anything oh. else? <laughs> wow. Know? Yeah. And so you make these stories up yeah. as you go. Okay. It's one thing I've done where no books, no phones or something like that. So I'm just going to make them up. They're not always the best. Okay. But sometimes he'll start chiming in on them too. And it's a lot of fun. So, so you two inventive minds can come together That's right. right before he goes mm-hmm. to sleep. That's cool. Yeah. And Benny starts to like it too. He, so sometimes, sometimes he sits there and listens or sometimes he wants to get into Charlie's bed with him and he doesn't like that, but that's okay. Charlie has bound, boundaries. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. He's a boundary boy for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. So we have some corrections. I have a correction to make. One of our listeners, Joanne, good catch. When we were talking about Acts chapter 16, and I inadvertently said Titus was the one uh, circumcised, and it wasn't Titus, it was Timothy. Timothy, that's right. Irony was, of course, Paul just made this thing about circumcision, then he up and circumcises Timothy. Right. So that was a good catch, Joanne. Thank you. Thanks, Joanne. I have another correction for you. Oh, okay. Flesh out is a saying. And flush out is a saying. They're both different, but they're both used flesh out is like fleshing out an animal getting down to the getting the getting to the meat of the getting the meat off the bones or something like okay so kind of revealing something whereas flush out is to like get rid of some yeah okay so yeah that's why i titled that last episode that to flush (laughs) out if you would catch it so yeah. I don't always catch subtleties. No, that's okay. <laughs> oh, I thought I was wrong. You'd be surprised at how many things I say wrong. You know, it's if you were like listening to Well, like did a, you listen to Sunday's message? <laughs> <laughs> I was sending people to the bulletin when they should have gone to the hymnal. So oh, yes, yeah. I am very much aware that when we're thinking on the fly and we don't have a script, that's right. We it can often mm-hmm. slip. Yeah. Like did you ever like grow up listening to like a certain song on the radio and you thought these were the lyrics? And theirs are not the lyrics. Not at all. Not until you like right. say it or sing it in front of someone else and they say, hey, wait a well, second. Well, that happened Sunday. Yeah. That last song mm-hmm. was one that I thought I knew and, and I thought, I, yeah, it was not. Not one you knew. No. It was a good song, though. I forget what it was, but it was But okay. it, like somebody said coming out, well, you really challenged us this morning. That's a song I'd never yeah. sang before. <laughs> no. I, I always know oh. because I put together the PowerPoints and... Uh, uh, Kim Palmquist before she would type them all out, mm-hmm. so she'd type every one of them out. Yeah, we can get them from the United Methodist, but like the background on the PowerPoints is like 
it's not really readable mm-hmm. from afar. You know, there's like a purple background and white letters. It's, it's hard to read for me. Mm-hmm. And I've got young, good eyes. So she typed them all out. So I know we're in for something special when it's not in there. Because mm-hmm. she's got like 99% of them typed up. So, yeah. It's something special or something really <laughs> off the wall. Right. <clears throat> so since we're still in Harvest, we'll go with kind of like a Harvest special number two. <clears throat> okay. Apologies. We have a question from Travis Thrapp. About, oh, I know him. Yeah. Should farmers, as we are commanded, to leave the ground fallow every seven years? Should we still be doing that? Well, I think uh, the horticulturists will probably say there is a, a... You should, once in a while, leave it fallow. I think the horticulturists would agree on that. I just know that most of the farmers I know need to have every acre in production every year just to get by. I mean, the, the margins are much tighter mm-hmm. than people think. Yep. And so uh, I think that says something about the biblical context because the biblical context wanted us, wanted a, spoke of an economy that that could happen and it would be uh, flourishing enough that in the seventh year you could let certain right. fields be solid, follow, and all the ground in the 49th year the year of jubilee you left everything yeah and everybody left you know basically lived out of their uh what they'd save back right and uh we don't practice that Mm -mm. we live right up to the edge right and i i think in some ways our economy lives us pushes us right up to the edge yeah and so while biblically yes uh, practically, it's one of those things that I find very few farmers who are able to do that right. and still maintain a productive farm. Now, so I, I recently had a talk with a a weed specialist um, from, well, Rob is also, my, my stepfather, Rob Stout, he is also, we call him a weed specialist and the prince of poop for uh, manure. <laughs> Should give that hog manure context there, so we're not just like calling him the Prince of Poop. Um, yeah, there's also another one. He's the Sultan of you can fill it in. And um, so I was talking to him because I was like, "Why don't we just like leave a big strip of tall water hemp?" And if you don't know, tall water hemp has been a plague of a weed for many years. Creates millions of seeds per plant. Hard to kill. You know, when they did Roundup Ready beans, you know, you could kill it pretty easy with Roundup, and it's since you know gotten berry resistant right so i'm talking to them and i said you know why don't we just like leave a patch of it here and there to kind of get rid of those genetics and they said in theory that's that should work but we've gone for so long using roundup and other herbicides that that trait is so behind it mm-hmm. would take years and like the amount of years we've been using Roundup to get rid or pretty much training that plant to have that trait where it is resistance to Roundup. It would take that many years to get it off of there. Yeah. But if we had that seventh year fallow every year or every seven years, we might be able to do something like that. It's possible. But would it be profitable? No. No, not so. profitable. And I, I think, uh, well... I, I uh, ec- uh, celebrate our farmers because they're always looking for the best way to get the most out of everything. Yes. And so I, I'll trust them. Mm-hmm. 
I can just say what the Bible says. Right. Which is what? Which is the seventh year. You should leave. Yeah. yeah. So if you had seven fields and you left one fallow every year. Right. But uh, I, I just know the economic times that we live in and, and the, the margins aren't there to right. make that happen. And from a, like, I'm trying to think, I was trying to think, we've talked about this once before, but I was trying to think of, you know, why this would be something in the Bible that we should do. Why, why is, why, why is God leading us towards this as a, you know, a model for a solution to a problem that we, you know, had we followed it all these years, we probably wouldn't even know what the problem is. And it's, you know, it's weed resistance. It's, um, you know, the quality of your soil the nutrients within the soil. So weed resistance, I think we've kicked the pail on that right. one. But if we were to have a way to get something to grow there, you know, something that isn't corn or beans or back in that day, probably wheat and something, you know, spiel felt or what it was uh, it was like a wheat and same yeah. and uh yeah several grains barley right. and well one of the things that i think about biblical principles and we can apply this to several things including uh, uh the way we take care of ourselves cleanliness yes. those principles that are that are outlined in the bible they not only have a practical realistic application but they have a spiritual application and it changes the way we think and live and i think if we had practiced the the seven year fallow the year of jubilee things like that over the course of time we probably won't be wouldn't be as pushed as we are but we haven't and i suppose we could go to the lord and repent and try to do that but then we would live as a people who are keeping god's commands in a society and an economy that doesn't yeah well, we'd end up poor little church mice trying to make things happen. Yeah. It could be, you know, and I, if the Lord puts it on somebody's heart to go ahead and do this, I will pray for you and, and bless you. But we're in I. the world, not of the world. Mm -hmm. And that's one of those areas where, boy, how do we live what God's asking us to do in an economy, in a society yeah. that ain't doing it? Right. In fact, despises it. Mm-hmm. And that's going to always be a challenge. Right. But I think if we would have practiced the year, the seven year, seven year, every seven years, and then had that big explosive economic celebration right. in the 49th year, year of Jubilee, then maybe things would be different. We might even think about the money differently. Right. But we don't. We haven't been there. In fact, there are some people who say, while it was written in the Bible, it was never actually practiced. While it was Moses' intention, it was never actually put into practice after they crossed the Jordan River. Oh. Which, you know, that's sort of sad. Yeah. That, that God gave this to Moses, and then they go cross the river, and Moses left behind, and it maybe never was practiced. Interesting. I suppose there's no way that it was just for on this side of the Jordan. <laughs> Is it? No? Well, they didn't own land on that side of the Jordan, so they really couldn't practice okay. it. But when they got on the other side of the Jordan uh, and, and went and, and dispersed themselves and laid out the ground, sure. and this is who gets what, th there's really no historical evidence that it was practiced. Okay. 
what's the what's the goal here is why is this why is this command given is it to you know keep the soil fertile and and you know ready for that explosion or is it for you know the farmers that are working giving them some free time to go do something else it's, it's both of those okay. and so they they would uh, it was sort of like we give a tenth to the lord to the yeah. lord's work uh we don't hold so high so tightly to these things of earth that we're not willing to let loose of a little i mean uh, some people ask me about whether they should tithe or not, and I say, and then, yeah, you should tithe. And yeah. I, you'll feel more freedom if you tithe, yeah. because you won't be holding on to the money so much and, and squishing your economy so that you can't tithe. Right. You'll always remember, oh, okay, a tenth of everything that God's given me is the Lord's. And then they ask, is that before yeah. taxes or after taxes? Yeah. Is that gross or net? And it really is more of a spiritual thing between us and the Lord yeah. than it is the preacher says you got to do to us and so. It's the same thing when we get down to to these uh, the fallow ground. Do we remember that I sat I sat that acreage aside because the Lord told me to, mm -hmm. and that's all I need yeah. is the Lord to tell me to do something, uh, press it on me by His Holy Spirit that I'm to do this, right. and I'll do it. Yep. and not too many of us run by those principles yep. the lord told me to do it i'm going to do it right simple as that simple and uh we we had that sermon about influences yep yeah we're influenced by the culture around us right and it don't include that mm -hmm. so that's simple that's right. a simple answer yeah i see it you know <clears throat> like last week we talked about you know um kind of some like loopholes in the Ten Commandments, right? Mm -hmm. A little bit. And right. I was thinking, you know, like, well, what if, you know, the whole CRP program, which is the conservation... Oh, oh boy. I'm going to forget what that is. I don't even remember either. Just pretend like I know what that's is. Conservation Reserve Program or something. It's, it's set aside ground, you know, that you plan a certain way and you get a check from the government per acre for that ground and you have to follow some rules and cut down cedar trees. What if you have CRP on a seventh of your acres? Yeah, and that's using that that way. Okay. I, I wouldn't argue with that. But, you know, CRP was developed so we didn't have so many acres in production oh, yeah. that that's, it overwhelmed the system. Yep. With certain, I mean, the corn was getting in glut or wheat was it getting in glut, and so mm -hmm. they used CRP, so we took certain acres right. out of production so it didn't overwhelm our economy. Right. And then the price go down so low that the farmers couldn't make it. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. So it's kind of sold as a you know, wildlife yank. too, wildlife program as well. Right. But but you know they can sell it however way they want yeah, to yeah. sell it. Yeah. You got to have a couple different uh, interests to be able to get on board in order for you to get anything done. I assume. But, well, yeah. I, I I still I praise our farmers. I wish I was one. I know I can't, but they are balancing so many things. To, to put a, a crop in the ground and hope it comes and pays itself off right. in the fall or spring and whenever the crop is harvested. Uh, so it, it's a great gamble. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of very meaningless calculations that we do every year. Right. Well, if this yields this much, then I can put this much into, you mm -hmm. know, put this much nitrogen on it, spend that much to it, and if I get this over this amount of yield, then I'll be profitable. Right. It's like, 
and then it doesn't rain and it doesn't yeah. rain and it doesn't rain and it doesn't rain oh yeah it's fun gambling is so much fun i yeah <laughs> sometimes yeah. we sort of like to know some of the return though yeah you know? and and yeah. and gam- you know most of the pr- gambling uh that we do in in farming a lot of it pays off yeah yeah but and you can hedge your bets with livestock and exactly stuff. so yeah yeah it's an interesting yeah, i just think back to the i i was not there for the depression but so many <laughs> praise the lord but so many of our families were affected by that on the farm that they realized you know i can feed my family yeah. if i've got a parcel of ground mm-hmm. and gardens and things like that right. that my mom and my grandma lived yep. to make sure that garden was such that they could feed their family mm-hmm. and uh gardening has become a pastime yeah it's true but back then boy there were people in town that actually dug up their front yards and made gardens yeah. so that they could uh, feed their family why wouldn't you makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. yeah we had a bumper crop of spaghetti squash this year and that's about one meal that i only one recipe my wife wakes, makes with it that we like and that anyone likes because it's right. not spaghetti dawn no it's, it is you don't make it like spaghetti it's not good that way this other way where she makes like a fettuccine alfredo thing with shrimp and mushrooms and asparagus why those things mm-hmm. i don't know it was kind of one of those nights where you're just dumping it in you're like oh, what is this yeah it is it is that's what it is that's right and it's delicious and it's amazing some of our most special ethnic recipes came out of those those times where uh mom was just looking to how am i going to feed these 10 kids yep. and and so Borscht and Birok and Veraniki and Swaybach. Well, Swaybach, that's pretty good. I don't know what any of those are. Yeah. Came out of a culture that, you know, was starving. Okay. And so what can I do with this head of cabbage I've Mm -hmm. got in these 10 kids? Okay, let's do this. We've got this little bit of beef and, yeah, make it happen. Yeah. And that's how they did it. That's right. And we treasure those recipes. Oh, it's really good. And we have it once a year. Probably wouldn't eat it every day, but. Right. Yeah. Um, before we pray out, I would like to offer anyone who's listening or watching, if you want to harvest a deer, mm. if you're interested in something like that, you got a kid who wants, you know, like a first time easy hunt, get in contact with me. I'll set mm. you up. Easy hunt. Oh yeah. It's so, these deer, you know, we can oh look dear. at our yield maps and you're just like right there. And for 10 years, I've had this spot there's a fence. You sit on the fence and I would fall asleep. I'd get there at 420. I'd fall asleep, and then 15 minutes later, I could feel the tick of the foot of the deer hoof. I think it's a hoof going over the fence. Wake up, and then there's 30 deer standing right there. Oh, what Super a deal! Crazy. And so you I could have 30, 30 guys there on the fence. I mean, it probably if the wind is right, it would probably work. Cool, it's crazy. So sign you up, huh? Yeah, sign you up. Easy enough, a preacher could do it. That's oh, definitely a preacher could do it. So let me know. Also, Deeper Walk is coming up, so you'll probably see some of those uh, ads on the Facebook. What is that? Deeper Walk is a uh, a training seminar where we talk about how we can walk closer with Jesus. Okay. And I find it helpful for my Christian walk. I think you'll find it helpful for yours as well. And uh, work with some of the buzz that we're hearing right now as Christians on. So, what does discipleship mean? Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited about it. Yeah. Greg, Greg Niemeyer will be with us. Yep. So send us a message on Facebook, comment, YouTube, email, 
would have been back at the beginning of the thing or it's in the show notes or it's in the information box on the podcast if you're listening there too. No matter what, we sure enjoy yeah. hearing from you. Yep. So, Don, we pray us out? I can do that. All right. Lord, we thank you for the day. We thank you for the crisp temperatures outside. We thank you for your love and mercy. And we pray, Lord, that this time together would maybe help somebody's day be a little easier. Guide us and bring us back together again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We will see you next week. Bye. Thanks again for joining us for this week's episode. We are both having a ton of fun making these videos and episodes. And if you're having fun too, please tell a friend about this and help us to grow this mission. Thank you and God bless.